0: down the far wing, puts on the brakes, surveys the floor, crossover, dribble, now spins, makes come back, step back on Ellington, oh my goodness, that was nasty by Jordan Poole. This is the Golden State Warriors podcast, and now your host, the voice of the Warriors, at Warriors Vox, Tim Roy. It is time for another version of the Golden State Warriors podcast. I'm Tim Roy. Thank you for finding us. And you and I are going to learn a lot about the NBA in the upcoming conversation with a most learned colleague, who covers the association for ESPN. He is the senior basketball writer for ESPN. You also see him write stuff for the undefeated. And that is Mark Spears. And Mark, a Bay Area guy. And we're going to find out not only about the NBA, but you're going to want to stick to the very end because we're going to find out how Mark Spears got into covering the NBA, got into journalism, and it has a Bay Area connection to it. So stick around for that. Hope you enjoy our conversation with Mark Spears of ESPN. Mark, we're all excited about the, the season to begin. And, and uh, you know, I just – it's it's great to get back on the regular schedule as quickly as it came back to, you know, to be working the NBA. I think it's just great to get back to that regular schedule. Are you kind of in that same mode?
1: Yeah, you, you know, it's weird. Like I thought about um, around this time, I was returning from the bubble last year. <laughs> and <laughs> You know, I wonder, it, it reminded me like, like, how short the time off has been. And, um, you know, also it reminded me because I actually went on the floor at um, Chase the other day. Uh, when I went there, you'll laugh at this. I was like, can I stand here? Am I okay here? Because I'm just, you know, because of COVID, we haven't been able to get close to anybody. So it's it's kind of like uh, getting back to it. So I mean, I love basketball so much, man. Like, we're, we're, we're blessed. We get to watch basketball for a living. You know what I mean? Absolutely, so, absolutely. I mean, should do I? Would I have loved another couple weeks <laughs> after summer <laughs> league ended in mid-August? Oh, surely I would have. But you know, we could be doing worse things and watching Steph shoot threes, and you know, oh, watching the rest of the league play. So I'm, no, I'm, I'm excited about it. I plan on being at the Warriors opener against the Lakers, so uh, I guess let's go.
0: Yeah, you know it, it's uh, it, it's so much fun. Like, I mean, before one of the preseason games, I'm actually sitting out down on the on the floor and doing what I would normally do, which is talk to coaches and players, find out where they're at, what they're thinking, and getting ready for my broadcast and it was like, wow, this is it's it's getting back to normal finally. You know, it's finally, you know, just a, Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You never know. Uh yeah. so let's look ahead at this this season and you know, as as much as people talk about, you know, what the Lakers have done and they've brought in some great veterans, uh, I don't know, I look at the West as being really balanced. I think there's there's a lot of really good teams in the West, as there has been for the last years, but I don't think there's a runaway, clear-cut favorite. How do you look at the West?
1: I really think that there are six, potentially seven, teams that could contend to make it to the West, to win the West. And it's funny you mention it because I had just uh, finished doing a a voiceover for like a kind of a a wild, wild West thing, so to speak, uh, for ESPN. And I was like, you know, looking at it, and I, and I truly believe that the Lakers, you know, the Suns, who were in the finals before, the Warriors, um, Denver, Utah, and the Clippers, like, truly all have a shot at it. You know, like, in Dallas, outside shot, um, Portland, and you know, not so much. I mean, Luca's. I think really, really going to have to be hot. Uh, they still in in Porzingis, maybe under um, Jason Kidd. He takes his game to a different level. But those other six teams I mentioned, man, like they all. Oh, it's 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 as wide. open. I, I don't know that I've ever thought that six teams could have a chance to represent the West. But yeah, it, it is wide open. And you know, I I think what Toronto showed you when they beat the Warriors in the finals and, um, you know, Phoenix showed last year, and this is with all due respect to both teams that, you know, ultimately injuries play a role in what happens, man. Like, you could have the best team and all that, but if, if your team's not healthy, it doesn't matter. Like, I, I think it's a given that Brooklyn probably had the best roster last year, but their guys weren't healthy. And now, you know, you see what's going on with Kyrie Irving. So um, if all, if all, everyone's healthy, I think, yeah, the Lakers are probably the favorite. If Clay and Wiseman come back healthy, the Warriors are a very intriguing team to me because you know, they have an extremely deep bench that will be better once those two guys return. Um, I like their team. So there's a big if with them. There's a big if with the Lakers help. There's You know, what if Kawhi comes back? Like, you know, uh, it's just so many ifs with so many teams. Um, Like, what if um, – what's my guy's name with Denver? Uh, Jokic. Nikola Jokic. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the the guy that got hurt. Oh, Jamal Murray. Jamal Murray. Yeah. My apologies, Jamal, because you're a superstar. Like, uh, what if Jamal comes back? You you know what I mean? so – that's why I think the net is so big because there's so many teams that have potential to be great or greater, but it depends on their health.
0: Early in my career, I interviewed a football coach and uh, who worked for a major university. Dick McPherson was coaching at Syracuse, and I asked him on my talk show, I had him on the show, and I said, hey, what, coach, what – you know, what's uh, the, you know, the biggest key for a season? He goes, look, the, the the biggest key for every season is health. It's always health, Yeah. you know, and yeah. um, and I've never forgotten that. I always think you're right. You know, that's yeah. absolutely right. And usually uh-huh. the teams that get to the finals are the healthiest teams. Like Phoenix was really healthy in the final, you know, the last year. Yeah. They, they didn't miss a lot of games. And that's, you know, that's something to keep an eye out for this year. You know, will they have yeah. another season like that? Um. Uh, you yep. know, uh, what well, well. You mentioned the Warriors. So let's let's go to them. Uh, I had to tell you again to talk about health. If they can keep Otto Porter, if he plays sixty games for the Warriors, that's going to be huge for them. He is yeah. a really nice piece.
1: Yeah. No. I. It, it's funny that <laughs> just kind of got him on a whim, right? Yeah. <laughs> you you know it's um it's 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 funny that. You know, guy. I mean, but that still shows you the strength of the Warriors that they could get guys like that. You know, uh, that a guy like Igadala will come back. But Porter is interesting because it wasn't that long ago that he was kind of considered one of the up and coming players, right? Um,
0: well, his his, his, he's three, his about yeah. His three point numbers are off the charts, really, for a big guy. I mean, they're really yeah. good.
1: Um, but like, and and I asked him about it media day, like kind of what's, what's gone wrong the last couple of years. You know, he averaged 17 just, what, three seasons ago in Chicago. He yeah, averaged 17, and, and then it drops to 12, and then it drops to 10. And last season it was, it was around, like, nine. Like, what's going on? And, you know, perhaps he, he he's never played with a team like the Warriors where you have veterans where you where you've had a franchise that's won something and that there are expectations uh, for a high level of basketball and play you know obviously he's played with Bradley Beal and you know John Wall and those guys but to me this is different and and the Warriors doesn't have the same pressures doesn't have the pressures of his contract and i think the Warriors might be able to you know rejuvenate his career and I mean, if, dare I say a potential six-man-of-the-year candidate. Maybe it's too early for that, but, you know, if you, if you had to put somebody on the early list, um, I, I would certainly put him on there because he's, um, he's looked great so far and he's probably going to get the easiest shot of his life.
0: Oh, that That's the thing, I think, for both he and Bialica, uh, to a certain extent Jordan Poole, who really looks good, yeah. looks like he's taken a definite step forward in his career. Uh you know the the gravity of Steph Curry even before Clay Thompson comes back. You know the gravity of Steph just dictates that those guys will get you know open looks. Um, yeah. But yeah let's go back to health. Wiseman and Clay. You know you, you know how much should we expect out of them this year?
1: Man, that's that's a really hard thing because if you look at Clay, it's not just a knee; it's an Achilles. It's two injuries. It's unprecedented. You know, I've heard a lot of people talk about, you know, oh, well, you know, we've seen guys come back from Achilles before, like strong. Obviously, we've seen that. Yeah, I mean, KD shows you that. But there's two injuries there, like, so. Um, But I, if, if there's anybody that I think that has a mental capacity to move forward and want to play and want to compete and fight, it's Clay Thompson, man. He, he was trying to go out there with a, a busted knee, right, Yeah. Um, in the finals. Like, like <laughs> when I saw him walk back in, I'm like, oh, uh, what is he? <laughs> yeah, or, yeah. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe he's not human, right? Like, so um, Wiseman, I mean, like, Clay made it sound like he was going to be back around December. Wiseman's the one that seems a little bit more trickier to predict. Um, you know, I, I do expect Clay to maybe miss, like, 20 25 games wiseman I'm not sure I mean, you would think that would be the easier one because he is younger you know um that the recovery would be faster but that one also seems more mysterious and I mean you would know this more than me but does it appear that clay is doing more stuff on the court than wiseman is at this time
0: you know uh they didn't uh, he wasn't on the road trip so I didn't uh, didn't see wiseman but clay was so yeah he's he's taking yeah some like shots to me stuff. that's
1: yeah. a major that's a, that's a sign, right? That one guy's ahead of the other if he's on the road with the team and stuff. Um
0: I also I also think but, that I also think that with last year and with uh you know <laughs> as Steve Kerr said the Daily Wiseman update after he was getting peppered after every game about yeah. it. I think they're they're just trying to keep him keep him on the download just to just to, so they don't have to deal with that right now you know, before he well, starts playing I'm,
1: I'm sure Steve would want the daily update now. Oh, yeah? On the floor. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. I mean, think about that. You That's know, so.
0: the, the poor kid, the two years in a row, he's missed training camp. He hasn't had a training yeah, camp. Yeah, no, mean, I mean, geez. no summer league either. Yeah, yeah.
1: No summer league. So, I mean, but I, I did a diary on him last season.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Couldn't have been more accommodating. Couldn't have been a nicer kid. I met him uh, at the Hoop Summit when he was in high school, um, after his, you know, senior year, and of everybody I've talked to for years of going to the hoop summit, and, and I'm talking about over, like, shoot, close to about 10 years, he, he he was as impressive as anybody that I've talked to, man. And so he's somebody you want to root for because you know he's a good kid. He's gone through a lot. Um, and he wants to be good. You know, you know, but Steph went through a lot early on too, right?
0: Absolutely. So, who absolutely knows,
1: but i I really think that once he's healthy, once he's mentally strong that uh he he will be an all star in this league and we got to remember how young he is, so just just i i think the one mistake that fans and perhaps even media have made with this kid is patience like have some patience man like his his situation has certainly been challenging, you know oh and, absolutely. Um, yeah. I think he'll be – I think ultimately he'll be just fine.
0: Hey, let's get over to the East, Mark, and, and uh, chat a little bit about that. The, the balance of power, that it seems it's a little more top-heavy there, you know, with Milwaukee and Brooklyn, uh, Philadelphia, though they have, you know, a Ben Simmons issue they have to deal with right now you know maybe Atlanta you know goes and maybe gets to the high 40s this year you know I, I, a lot of things going on in the eastern conference and, and I'd like to get your take what do you what do you see there
1: <sighs> will Kyrie play
0: yeah yeah <laughs> like, well well yeah will Kyrie play will Ben Simmons play somewhere i mean you know a lot of stuff going on there
1: yeah i mean like you know it's it's interesting like ben is basically put his foot in the you know put the line in the sand so Essentially, it's on the Sixers to find something, right? I mean, it's not going to be the first time a player has asked for a trade. Um, but I guess the question is, how patient do the Sixers want to be? He's not, he doesn't want to be there, right? And, I, you know, I almost wish, I think it would help Ben um, if he did talk and did kind of explain why, you know, and it, it, it wouldn't make it so easy to just beat up on him and dismiss him. I do think it would make sense for him to to kind of get his words out. Um, I'd love to do that interview. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. If, if and when he's ready for it. But um, I think his thing is – I mean, I, I will credit him this, that, you know, you could beat him up for not being there, and I totally understand that. But he's not adding salt in the wound. He's not um, – battering the, the team or talking bad about the team as like mb just talked bad about him you know what i mean he's not he's just taking the high road and waiting for something to happen he's told him what he wants to do and so now it's you know it's it's not it's not, on, it's not on ben it's on it's on philly you know and uh so at this point man like how patient do they want to be you're affecting your season. you're you're making it tough for your players on a daily basis because no matter where they go, uh, that question is going to be asked. And and now it just ends up being a um, just, uh, I mean, you remember when Steven Jackson asked for a trade steps rookie year, like just how much that weighed on the team on a daily basis until he got moved. And so, you know, you're not going to, Get what you typically want in this situation, but at some point you got to move on, man. And I, I hope for the Sixers' case, like they move on sooner rather than later. Um, there's got to be some deal out there that makes sense. I, I'm not saying I know what it is, but something, right? And, right. Because um, you know, but until then, they're in flux. Um, it's it's gonna be a, a, a a dark cloud following them around everywhere. And uh, so hopefully both sides can figure it out. I mean, we haven't started yet, but there's nothing that I've seen so far, or heard so far, that suggests that the Sixers uh, are going to move on from Ben anytime soon. But they've known this. It's like.
0: Yeah, they had the whole offseason. They, you, haven't,
1: you haven't seen one deal that makes sense to you. Not one, you know? So. If, uh... I mean, and, and and it appears to be that, you know, maybe I'm wrong that Ben is open-minded. So if, if I'm a team in the Western Conference that is a small market team and, and what I'm saying is like a Sacramento, a Minnesota, a, a, a San Antonio, you know, um, like now's your chance, man. Like, try to put your best deal forward. Like, to me, it would be great for the Kings to get him. I, I mean, because you're talking about franchises, Minnesota, um, that they're, they're not getting a lot of big-name free agents, and they need something to give them a boost, to give them a chance to make the playoffs, to give them a chance to get in the play-in. Sacramento is, like, desperate for something, major move, and, and, I, and I don't – it's it's easy to beat up Ben for how he played in the postseason, but let's not act like this is this is not an outstanding player. <laughs> yeah, he and, he was an all-star last year. He was a candidate for Defensive Player of the Year. He could pretty much do everything, uh, but shoot threes well. and He obviously he missed some free throws, and he owned up to it. I I just don't. I, I uh, uh, David Fredman, who you know, he's um. Long time exec in the NBA, worked for the Jazz now. And he once told me you just never get too high or too low based on how somebody plays in the postseason.
0: Yeah, it's like watching a kid in the NCAA tournament. If he has a good two weeks, you can't judge your whole opinion of him on that. You know? Yeah. You have to
1: And I mean you 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 would think that Van Simmons would just been terrible his whole career based on what he did in that one playoff series, right? Right. Um so if I'm a team, ain't, ain't no major risk there. <laughs> like, yeah, he's not a great three-point shooter, but he just brings so much to the table that, I mean, if I'm Sacramento or like those other teams I mentioned, I'm, I'm trying to figure out a deal to get them. They could be a steal.
0: Yeah. Hey. Hey. Before before I let you go, again, I always appreciate your time. It's always fun talking uh, hoop with you. You know, we both found our ways to be around the game we love. And uh, but I I've never heard the story. How did you get into sports writing? And, and what what prompted you to go this way?
1: <laughs> oh man, you, you got a minute? Yeah, I got a minute. <laughs> okay. Um, this you you know what? Wow. I'm glad you asked me this because of what the franchise is related to. And I'm surprised you don't know this story because me and you have known each other for a while. Um, When I was in the seventh grade at Sylvandale Junior High School in San Jose, we had somebody from the Warriors. You might have known this person. I don't know. I was in the seventh grade. We had a career day and somebody from the Warriors drove to San Jose and came to our career day. I'm convinced he must've been dating one of our teachers or something like how <laughs> does some dude drive to like east side San Jose to go to a junior high school's career day. Like I I, I go talk to a lot of kids and stuff like that, but like that's a long drive for a, a junior high school career day, right? Right. And um, so I signed up to talk to him, hoping I get a bumper sticker and T-shirt, ticket, something—I don't know—and uh, I go in there and talk to the man. And I was an avid, like, Sports Illustrated reader as a child. I had that Sports Illustrated. My dad gave me the subscription when I was in elementary school. And uh, I read this stat around that time that less than two percent of all the M- of all college basketball players make it to the NBA. And that really, really stuck with me. And so then I go into this class, and for some reason this guy who was like community relations for the Warriors points at me and says, "What you want to? What do you want to do when you grow up?" And I'm like, uh, "I want to play for y'all." <laughs> That's my exact words. And he said, "Well, what are you gonna do if you can't?" And I was like, "I don't know." <laughs> and he said, "Well, my advice to you is if you can combine what you love most in life with what you do best." in school, you'll find a job that you'll be happy to doing every day. I was like, that's that's amazing advice to give a seventh grader, right? Yeah,
0: it's great advice. Yeah, What you love
1: most in life and what you do best in school, combine it and you'll find a job that you're happy doing. Really, really thought about it. I had this amazing teacher named Mrs. Thompson. Shout out to her. Hopefully she listens. I haven't obviously talked to her a long time, but I was in this thing called Horizons at Silverdale, which it was like for kids who were really creative thinkers. It was this new program. And she told us to, um, you know, uh, write a letter to somebody in the field that we were interested. So I thought about what the guy from the Warriors said. And I was like, okay, what do I do best in school? I suck at math. I suck at science. (laughs) I could write, though. I could write. And I love sports. It's like, sports writer. Why not be a sports writer? If I can't be at the Super Bowl, the World Series, um, the NBA Finals as an athlete, now you know I played all the both sports and soccer growing up. Next best thing is to just be there as a as a reporter, right? Absolutely. So I wrote a letter to a San Jose Mercury News columnist by the name of Mark Purdy.
0: Oh yeah, I know Mark. Seventh
1: grade. Yep. Tim, I wrote him in the seventh grade. I literally wrote him a letter in the seventh grade asking him what I needed to do to be a sports writer. He wrote me back. I still remember the letter. It, it, and he told me, in junior high, write on the school paper. I wrote on the school paper. I covered our eighth grade flag football team when I was in the seventh grade. He said, when you get to high school, write on the school paper or do the school yearbook. I did the school paper. He also said, take all the typing classes that you want. I did that took all the typing classes, one, two, three, right? So I'm like a master typist. And I wrote on the school paper, we had a guy named Mick Van Valkenburg from the Soundsy Mercury News who once a week would, would be in charge of our school paper and us putting it together. And so we had like this class with him, which was amazing. Like I had a writer I could touch every day in class. That's awesome. And then Purdy said, when you get to college, get as many internships as possible and write on the school paper. So I wrote on the school paper when I played college basketball at Foothill College, the Sentinel. Uh, when I went to the university of DC, played there, I wrote on the school paper, wrote on the school paper, at San Jose State. I also interned at the San Jose Metro for free, asked them for an internship. They gave it to me. I also, uh, through the national association of black journalists, interned in grand Rapids. And also my senior in high college, uh, met Bud Geraci, who was a sports oh, yeah. editor there. He was a great columnist at the time. In the wake of the week. He was able to get – yeah. Oh, man, wake of the week. It's amazing. I, I want a wake of the week book for <laughs> those people. Oh, yeah. So he uh, – I met him. He went to interview one of my Sound Lake State teammates, a guy named Terry Cannon. I waited. Till, Terry was down with him, met him, and he also um, – he ended up getting me a, a part-time job covering high school games for the Sounds Murphy News. So now I'm writing for the Sounds Jose Murphy News when I was a senior in college. That's cool. A junior and senior year. And then um, I interned at the Dallas Morning News after I graduated. And I was on this list of like top 25 kids to keep an eye on uh, in sports writing when I graduated. So I wasn't no first-round pick basketball-wise, but kind of felt like I was one as a journalist you're in the lottery and uh, my first yeah yeah I covered <laughs> Arkansas's football and basketball team for the Tulsa paper out of college wow it was a big deal to cover the SEC out of college and you know now several years later I'm you know this is this is going to be my 23rd season covering NBA
0: wow that's great that's a great story I, love, so, I love that story
1: yeah, I was I got an award from the San Jose NAACP and uh, told Mark Purdy to come It's about five years ago, six years ago. And I, I stood up and I said, Mark, can you stand up? He stand up and said, Wasn't for that white dude right there, I might not be talking to you today. <laughs> <laughs> and all the people there started laughing, but you know, Mark Purdy tells I tells um me, yeah, I give him too much credit. But, you know, I think when you're in a position of power, when you're in a position of success, it's it's. I think it's easier for kids to get a hold of of us now because of social media and everything. But I try to do the best I can to offer something, inspiration, some guidance, some words of wisdom. It's hard to reach everybody now, but I'm I'm so thankful that Mark Purdy wrote me back.
0: That is a tremendous story, and I'm gonna close with this that you and I have even more something in common because. I was working professionally when I was in college. I was the backup uh, minor league hockey announcer and basketball announcer for a local radio station. I got a job my junior year in college. And so we both got off to that that good jump start, if you will. Yeah, Um, do
1: what we wanted to do.
0: Absolutely. It never feels like work. Never feels like work. Mark, always a pleasure. This was great. I really, really, really enjoyed it. And thank you for being part of the uh, Golden State Warriors podcast and, and continued success.
1: Uh, always a pleasure, brother. Continue success. and uh, It's been amazing hearing your voice for so long, and uh, I'll be listening to you on the radio.
0: I appreciate that. Thank you so much. I know I said this last time, but I'm going to say it again. I hope you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Uh, Mark Spears, always great information from Mark Spears of ESPN, and he really understands how the NBA works, and I love the story about how he got into journalism and became a sports writer. It had a warrior connection. It had Mark Purdy of the San Jose Mercury News Connection. So what a great story that is. Well, we hope to bring you more on our next edition of Golden State Warriors podcast. You know how to find us now. So thank you once again for joining us. I'm Tim Roy for R.C. Davis and James Kincaid. And thanks for listening to the Golden State Warriors podcast.